All right, ladies and gentlemen,、uh, welcome back. This is Tom here.、Uh, welcome to Tennis of Melbourne Convo, City of Love. And tonight, I should say tonight. Now it's about eight o'clock.、Um, I'm very lucky to have Paul Mick. Now, Paul, you want to say hello to our fifty million family and friends. <laughs> well, hi guys. How are you? <laughs> I、right. hope you are all well and doing a、uh, doing a good job with yourselves here with this COVID and、mm-hmm. trying to keep yourself occupied. And、yes. uh, looks like Tom's been doing a good job trying to get the message out to everyone as well. And、yeah. so, what a lovely young fellow he is too. I've known Tom for. Quite a while and、mm-hmm. does a great job. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Now, look, so, yeah, ultimately, it's reaching out and everyone have a good time because right now the world doesn't need doesn't need all these confusions and because right now I believe that it's just it's got really messy. The you know it's noisy and everything.、But、right now we just need some fun. We need some、Correct. values, something we can come back and listen to. You know, three, five, even ten years down the track. So, fantastic.、Um, to start with, Paul,、uh, you want to share、uh, to all those listeners out there who. Want to know? Get to know you more. So, how did you start it with your tennis? Ah,、oh, well, Tom, I started tennis when I was seven years old.、Um, I grew up in Laylor, and my father just、uh, brought home some tennis rackets one day. We played out in the streets, and he was quite a keen footballer, but just to have a bit of fun, brought home some tennis rackets, and from then on, I just went to my local club, which was in Laylor, and started some coaching lessons there, and. When I was seven, and then、uh, played my first tournament when I was eight, and just、uh, just the love of the sport grew from there. Tom, you know, I was、mm-hmm. pretty active with football as well, but、Ooh. tennis kind of yeah, tennis kind of took over, and、um, yeah, the love of tennis was for me was number one. And by the time I was eleven, I decided I didn't want to play any other sport and just concentrated on tennis. So.、Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, just continued playing tournaments, and you know, from about eleven on, was you know quite successful in Victoria, and then graduated to playing some more stuff around Australia. And、mm-hmm. when I was fifteen, I、um, was fortunate enough to go to the AIS in Canberra for a couple of years, which、wow. was fantastic.、Um, did that, finished my year twelve there, and then after that, I、um, I went and played the tour, and I lived in Switzerland for four years. Austria for two years and just playing, yeah, which is good. Played some club tennis and、mm-hmm. played a lot of、uh, tournaments. Played some challenges, Grand Slams,、mm-hmm. a couple, and yeah, was fortunate enough to, you know, not do great, but you know, do okay, yeah, which was、mm-hmm. good. And、okay. had a, a tough time travelling around, and、um, but, okay. you know, there's memories and things there that you wouldn't trade for anything,、mm-hmm. mate. You know, so okay, believe yeah, it or not, Paul,、uh, for all the listeners thinking, all right. We're gonna hear about tennis stories. You know what, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Tom is a weirder guy. I, I can I can say、yeah. I'm weird and wonderful sometimes. We're gonna、sure. I'm gonna give you a curveball right now. Sure. Footy ball, footy, a footy ball. Yep. yep. <laughs> Who do you go for? I pray for Collingwood. Okay. Now we're、yeah. gonna have a very interesting dynamic.、Uh, the rest of the combo. As a Bombers、okay. fan, <laughs> now Mate, we 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 we're out of、uh, the very, season. Very close, <laughs> very close. A favorite to me as well. Okay. All right. So、um, I'm gonna have your combo probably out tomorrow. So tomorrow, I don't know, twenty twenty second or twenty third of、uh, yep. September. Yep. All right. You're gonna make an early prediction now. Collingwood just squeezed into the top eight. Yes, I do. What、did. else are you looking at? I know there's a couple of changes、uh, from the Lions. The,、um, uh, the the Tigers are doing some adjustments that、yep. may、um, push them, you know, deeper in the finals. 
But yep. Collingwood pendles 316, 318 games. Yes, it's amazing, a, isn't it? It's amazing, but can he deliver in the next few games? What's your call? Look, Pendlebury's always going to be good, Tom. Um, <laughs> you know, I guess for him, he always plays, you know, a good game every mm-hmm. week. Sometimes there's a more outstanding game than others, but mm-hmm. I think with uh, Collingwood, it's going to depend on mm-hmm. if the others fire, i.e., you know, the Goey mm-hmm. and Marachek, you know, mm-hmm. the forward line. The back line's always quite strong, but... Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they can get their forward line going a little bit more and some of the other guys, Cox, mm-hmm. can grab a few marks and kick, kick some goals, and I think they'll be dangerous. Right. Now, we yeah. all know that, uh, obviously, footy is not playing in Victoria. Correct. You know, um, just interstate in general. Um, yes. Is that affecting Collingwood in because there's no local fans, you know, cheering for them? I don't think so, Tom. To tell you the truth, no. Um, I think, like with every team, you know, they've all they've had their injuries, and um, you know, some like the guy's been out for a bit. You know, Cox hasn't been firing. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other key players haven't been around that off that much either. But um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really think it's an issue playing interstate. To tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, if okay, let's say with right now the current situation, yeah. uh, let's say. Port Adelaide versus Collingwood at Gabba Grand yep. Final yep. tonight. All right, in starting in ten minutes. Yep. Um, who's going to be the favourite and why? Well, it depends on the weather. If if it's a dry night, Ooh. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Collingwood. If mm-hmm. it's a slippery ball, I'm going to have to go with Port. <laughs> wow, interesting, interesting take. Why yeah. why do you think that dry and and wet is going to mm. favour one or the other? I think with our guys um, in the dry time with Collingwood, they just seem to play better when mm-hmm. the balls, when they can grab the ball, when it's not so slippery. You know, they can get a hold of it, they can get around, they can kick some more goals, they can take some more marks, especially mm-hmm. at bigger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but when they can't take those marks and set themselves a goal, well, I think they, I don't think they're as good as you know Port Adelaide or Richmond. Oh, okay. Good. Big call. Big call. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. I like call. it. I like yeah, it. All right. So I've, I'm, I've I'm... seen them. I've seen them lose too many matches when the ball's been wet and they just can't grab it. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come back to this yep. very convo. For your okay. for your prediction and your take, obviously right now we all have we we have all the time in the world, uh, just w- watching TV and and I, I yeah. believe that because you mentioned you love your footy. So, um, my good friend uh, yep. is diehard Richmond fan. All right, yep. what should I tell him? What's going to happen to Richmond Tigers the next few weeks? <laughs> Uh, look, I think I think Richmond certainly yeah, they're a tough team, mate. But mm-hmm. I think they'll probably be in the final. Tell you the truth. Ooh, yeah, big call, tough, big call. very very tough team, um, very tough in finals. Okay, so because I, I, I know you're Collingwood fan, are we talking yep. Richmond and Collingwood final or Richmond Brisbane Lion final? I mean, I saw a player, I forgot his name, but he just came back, decided to play, so. Yeah. Yes, I've got his name, but um, it's going to be tough. I would say this season, it's anyone's game. Whoever it's again, maybe the weather or maybe you Correct. know certain part of the the game or style is yep. actually playing really strong. Then we'll yep. have a blowout. You know, I mean, this yep. season we have a lot of twenty three points versus forty five. We have yep. we don't have that you know back in it 
you know, last few years, we have like 129 versus 115. You know, we don't have the high That's scoring. Right. And plus also with the shorter quarters, Tom, you know, if one of the teams gets the jump early, it's very hard to very hard to catch that score up. You know, if they kick mm-hmm. four or five quick goals in a quarter and get mm-hmm. up by, you know, 24, 25 points, it's very hard to get that back. Mm. How about young the players? Quarters. We, we, I've noticed that this, this year, um, yep. uh, the top eights, we have a lot of young players. And when I say young players, I'm talking under 20, 25, 24. And yep. somehow, like even you, you look at Port, you look at Brisbane, they, they all got fresh legs because everyone's yep. been playing, what, one game every three days. So is that, is that an advantage for the, for the young boys? Um, look, you know what? Possibly, but however, having that, having said that, mate, they may not have the miles and the legs to go in the finals. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, yeah, look, like you said, it's anyone's game at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all depends on that day, I guess. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. At the end of this convo, we'll make a prediction. But if I may, let's come back to the curve, um, ser- serving back to to tennis. Now, yep. do you have the same or similar approach when you approach footy and tennis? In what way? In say observing how the momentum or some of the factors that oh. is advantage ad- playing an advantage or disadvantage to to your player or players in general. Look, I think with with um, you mean the tour players or yes. just uh, let's say for example, let's say junior tennis players. That's you know under your wings or your squad. Players. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look, I, I don't really um, with junior tennis. You know, it's, there's a lot of factors involved. You know, the maturity levels. You know, also on the day with juniors, kids are up one day, down the next day. They're very, very unpredictable, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, you ca- you can't. You can't put a bet on any one junior, mm. you know, that will win on that day. You know, they may not be feeling the ball that well. They may miss the lines a little mm. bit more, and you don't know how each person deals with pressure mm. with each match, um, you know, depending on the situation they're in or the match or what, what part of the tournament they're up to. So everyone deals with these things separately. And the thing with tennis, mate, is you're out there by yourself. Mm. So, and, and you know... Things can go wrong. And the thing with tennis is, is you can be down six love, four love, still come back and win because there's no time limit. Whereas, you know, with football, if you're down, you know, 20 points with two minutes to go, you're really not going to win, are you? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so you get a, you know, get a, a lucky break, get a let cord, or you know, hit a couple of balls in, and your opponent misses a couple of balls, and all of a sudden they start tightening up, and you know, then you're back in the match. Mm. So it's happened. Look, it's happened to me many times. I've been down like that, and I've I've been up and come back, or I've been down and sorry, I've been up and lost, and down and come back. You know, in big big matches, and um, yeah. So anything can happen on a tennis court, mate, and it's not over until you shake hands. <laughs> mm. Wow. So would you say because there's no time limit, um, yep. does that mean that the mental fitness? for junior players um, have to be a little bit more tougher in comparison to, say, I don't know, team sports, say basketball or or, or footy, where, you know, the time counts down, whereas in tennis, time counts upwards. Yes, absolutely. I think with tennis, one of the main things is, you know, fitness levels, um, because if 
you know, you're, if you're not fit enough, you, all of a sudden you start making mistakes when you shouldn't be. And, um, you know, then mentally you start straining. So you really, really start to struggle then. So I think for tennis, fitness is certainly a huge, huge advantage. Absolutely. Mm, okay. Now, let's say there are parents or even junior players listening. What would one or two advice you would give to increase or help them with, say, dealing with pressure or um, working on their, say, their mental fitness? Um, okay, so things with pressure, I would suggest that um, they follow some, perhaps some breathing exercises. Try not to think where they are in the match at that stage. Try to play the best point that they can at that time, try not to rush through the uh, points so much and concentrate more on, you know, their game plan or playing to their opponent's weaknesses and trying to keep their strengths going throughout the point as much as possible and um, try not to think about where they are in the match at the time and mm. you know, just give their best for each point. Oh, nice and simple. I like that. I like Absolutely. That. Nice and simple. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now, let's see if I can, uh, if you can, um, as a coach, you said you've been coaching for, for a while now. Now, what would you say one difference between a good coach and a great coach? Um, okay, so personally, I think a great coach, um, one, knows their athlete, two, is able to get their message across to the athlete, three, um, as a good correction and analysis ability, and um, four is you know always positive with their athletes, mm -hmm. um, and um, a good coach tends probably not to have um, you know as much of these attributes, and you know a great coach always tries to stay stay up with the modern trends of tennis. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and um, definitely the right feedback is certainly critical. Um, and also just trying to be a really, really good role model for their um, for their athletes. Wow. Okay, nice. Now, yeah. would you say because um, obviously time has changed, you know, with social media and everything, mm -hmm. you know, do you think junior players see social media, let's say you're seeing all these highlights on, you know, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, it really mm -hmm. makes them could think, okay, so tennis is always about results. Tennis is always about highlights. You know, we have, you know, do you think that there's a lot of change in, in the recent years comparing to, you know, in your, in your playing days as juniors? Um, look, I don't, I don't think so that much. Um, and, you know, pressure from, you know, um, players certainly comes from different places. It can come from parents. Um, it can right. come from outsiders, you know, mm -hmm. in their family. It can mm -hmm. come more from coach as well. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing that I try to instill, you know, with my athletes is when they're on the court with me is to always give 100% all the time. And, you know, when they're playing their matches is to give 100% all the time. And generally, you know, with results, Tom, there's sometimes, you know, children or athletes have them earlier than, you know, other other athletes. And sometimes they might have them at 12. Sometimes they might have them at 14. Sometimes mm. they don't come till, you know, 16. Sometimes they don't come till 20. 
you know, some of our some of our best players, you know, in the past have, you know, uh, matured later. You have guys like um, Mark Woodford, Darren Cahill, mm-hmm. um, you know, like these guys are all really, really good. Pat Rafter, mm-hmm. you know, they matured in their, you know, mid to late 20s. Wow. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like if they had given up when Mm -hmm. they were 16, 17, Mm -hmm. you know, like you wouldn't have those players around. So um, the thing that I try to instill with my guys is that, you know, always give 100% all the time and, you know, just see what happens. There's no guarantee, um, you know, and just do your best all the time. So you're saying that um, I'm not – Criticizing, saying, "Oh, if you if you won the nationals 2014, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll make the pro or you know make top hundred. Um, it just means that, um, as you said, just take one step at a time, not to yep. rush and not get too distracted in the sense, mm-hmm. oh, you know, oh, I am this and I'm that, and you know, like mm-hmm. per, in my as a sports trainer, being around tournaments, is that yep. I felt like." Especially the, I call it the golden age, the 12s and 14s, is that, mm-hmm. you know, you see all the, oh, 12s, oh, so great, you know, semi final, yep. quarter final, you know. Mm. And then all of a sudden, 14s, I don't see half of them. And 16s, yeah. I don't see half mm. of them. Other, 18s, abso- you know, absolutely. everyone walks Other in the main drawers, you know. So it, it just yeah. seems to me um, that, um, and again, some of the players who didn't even make quarters, you know, from the 12s end up making finals in the 18s. Correct, yeah. yeah. You know, um, some of these guys mature a little bit later, you know, they start to grow up, they put a bit more muscle on, you know, they get mentally tougher, you know, they might work harder than the people that have won the 12s just through sheer talent. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of variables involved, Tom. You know, there's, um, there's you know, maturity levels, there's mental levels, there's a work ethic, there's... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of variables, you know, mm-hmm. they get a few good breaks as well. So mm-hmm. generally the the people that are in, you know, the 12s that have won the nationals, I mean, you're sure they're really good at that age, but, you know, they have to work just as hard or if not harder than everyone else, mm-hmm. you know, just, just to stay ahead because everyone wants them, you mm-hmm. know, that's the, that's the goal for everyone to beat these people, you know, so. Right. What would you yeah. say in your junior days? anywhere between yep. 12 to 16. If you can go back and give yourself one tip, what would it be? Yep. Uh, if I could give myself one tip, I would say that uh, I would certainly work on my serve a lot more. <laughs> oh, my God. There's actually quite a people actually say that. Yep. Now, I want to hear your... Um, explanation behind serving now from i'll I'll give you my my little uh history of people saying serving is one of them because serving is is a good control button like if you want to control the game you want to control the momentum you can bounce 10 times you can bounce two times you can control the momentum now i want to hear your version of serving um okay so my my version of serving is to have a good solid consistent First serve where you can, you know, hit hit the target areas, hit the lines, um, get your first serve in at, you know, at critical times. But just as important um, time is to have a really, really good, solid second serve. I think um, kids these days just don't practice second serves enough, you know, because you can't get your first serve in all the time. So a really, really good 
solid second serve that doesn't allow your opponent to take control from the first hit mm. is really, really, really critical. When can I ask you? Um, do you? And this is again, I'm, some people. Every coach they, they do it differently, but how often do you coach your athletes? serves or second serve is it at the end of the session or start or how often um, do you so, do it? so with me i tend to do it in the middle yep yeah so you know yeah t- normally in the middle of the session i do my stuff with with serving oh yeah interesting so I, because if i do it yeah. at the end they're a little bit too tired so they tend to lose a little bit of rhythm because i don't know about other coaches but mm-hmm. i you know i work my athletes fairly hard mm-hmm. you know so um they all know that um mm-hmm. <laughs> And if by the end of the session, they're pretty much hammered. So I, train, mm. I tend to do it in the middle or just before the middle of the session. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay. Mm. Now, one tip for second serve. Yep. What's your one tip for second serve? Be positive, be aggressive, get lots of spin on the ball, and uh, just practice, practice, practice those targets and those lines. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, I have an issue with my first serve out wide on the Jew side. What's yep. your one tip? <laughs> throw the ball throw the ball toss a little bit further forward so you get a natural angle on the racket head. You know what? According to I think it was Tennis Victoria or Tennis Australia, they said that uh, tennis is opening in very soon. Yep. I, might, I might give it a go. Or yeah, even I in my backyard. <laughs> What's that? Even even in my backyard I might I might give it a yeah. give it a shot. Yeah. Give it a give it a shot, but uh, yeah, just throw it a little bit further forward than normal, so you get a little bit of um, extra racket head mm-hmm. angle on the ball. Generally, players tend to throw it left to right, so mm-hmm. you know the opponent picks it off a little bit more. But yeah, mm-hmm. try that one, see how that works for you. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Now, um, moving on to um, you have an amazing player uh, in your household that I met, you know, in my early days as a sports trainer, Mr. Andre yep. Mick. Now, oh, my son, yeah. yes. Thank now, you. From as a parent, uh, what were some of the questions you asked when he was seventeen, eighteen, leading into or decide um, choosing to go to college? One of the questions I asked myself, or asked him, both. Okay, so one of the questions I asked myself is: uh, Is this? Does he want to go to college to, you know, try to better himself as a tennis player or is he using his tennis just to get to college? Um, certainly the school level was there for him, I think, to, you know, to be a, a good tennis player or to try to go on the tour. But look, when they get to that age, um, Tom, you know, they have their own decisions mm-hmm. and they have their own mindset that they make. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Andre and I had discussions many times about what he wanted to do with his tennis and he was always up in the air about whether to keep playing or whether to go to college or whether to go to college and then keep playing and um, so I think his, his pathway was just uh, after the first year in college is just to you know get his degree and um, you know just stick at college tennis and you know, just work his life in through there rather than being on the tour or trying to get on the tour yeah mm. so um as a parent, do you find it like saying, all right, so Andre could be good for pro and yep. you may be, let's say, for example, there was some, some sort of discussion where it could be heated or, you know, yep. um, he's going that way and you're going that way. How do you yep. balance to go, you know what, 
if you decide to go, say, college, um, yeah. are you preparing to, you know, sacrifice all the f- your friends who are, you know, in your level now making pro? Or are you, is, it, is this yeah. kind of like, is it, is it a time where you go, you know what, Andre, I really think you go pro, going to college yeah. is waste. And was it something, yeah. or is it just purely follow his footsteps and then just guide him? Um, look, it's very, it's, it's always difficult when you, you know, when you have to make those choices, Tom, but Mm -hmm. as long as, as long as they're happy, Mm -hmm. um, and they think that, you know, they're doing the right thing and you support, you know, with, you support them with what they do. And as, as much as, you know, you want your child to try to be the best sportsman or give them the opportunity to be a sportsman in the end, it's their life. Mm. And you, you can't sway them one way or another at that at that age because you know sometimes most times you lose out anyway. So you just got to be supportive. I mean, the young adults at that age. So you really just have to be supportive of the decisions that they make, as much as it might not be the decision you want. Mm-hmm. But you know, like they're young adults, so you know they've got to make their own their own way in life too. You know. Right. Okay. So yeah. now you said. Uh, you obviously you play play pro. Um, yep. Did you did you go to college? No, I didn't. So what happened was I um, I had a lot of offers from some from some really good Ivy League colleges, wow. and um, I some really really good ones, and I signed with one of them. But then I went and played a tour, and before I before I was going to go to college, I went and played a tour by myself and did really well. And then I uh, decided not to go and oh. just, just went and played the tour, yeah. Right, okay. Now, um, I have seen you hit the ball a few times. Um, I don't know where, was it in, back in the days in Burundara and then I think it was Andre was preparing and then you were hitting. Uh, yep. I've got to say, you you quite solid, I must say, you know. So are you, you. are you still um, playing or competing or the – or? Yeah, like, do you still do you play? Uh, not, not at the moment, Tom. Yeah. I have a pretty heavy schedule. I do between ten and twelve hours a day, Monday to Friday. Wow, on court, that's on court. So oh, my schedule is pretty heavy with the athletes that I have. So yeah. it doesn't really give me much time <laughs> to uh, to play, unfortunately. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now let's uh, see if we can look in the lighter side of, of, of Paul. Sure. Now, um, Paul, you love your footy, and uh, we, we we have established that. Um, are there other sports that you also follow religiously? Um, no, no, okay. not really. Right, okay. I don't, yeah, not, now, not really. Tom, no. Are you a coffee drinker? Um, I don't really follow any other sports. Uh, I'll look at the basketball every now and then. Okay. Not, a, not a lot, but um, if I had to pick my basketball team, it would certainly be the, uh, the Lakers. Lakers. No problem there. <laughs> <laughs> Lakers um, don't ask the... me about favourite players, but um, uh-huh. followed closely by the Boston Celtics. Oh. Okay, you love your, your yeah. good times. All right. Now, earlier yeah. on, I just said, um, I asked, uh, are you a coffee drinker as well? I love my coffee. Okay. I can't go, I can't go anywhere in the morning without having a coffee. Okay. Do you Have you taste coffee in a different cities or different yeah, countries? Abs- absolutely, yeah. Um, like I've traveled the world a lot. So um, you mean in Melbourne, in, in Australian cities or just... Yeah, just well, interstate. So, because the, the the biggest question of all, yeah, of who has com- the best coffee? Which city has the best coffee? And uh, I'm looking for a drum roll Melbourne. and Defin- you- definitely Melbourne. Oh, a hard yes. Yep, without a doubt. 
without a doubt, even against yeah. Paris or New York or... Uh, okay, so this is only in Australia, mind you. Yep, okay. Um, New, New York coffee is terrible. <laughs> uh, you, you, United States coffee is terrible. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to get sued, but there is a franchise starts with S. No one okay. in Australia... No, no one likes to go to the the you know the the, the franchise that starts with S. It is a, the coffee tastes like dishwasher water, you know. And yep, I was like, correct. oh, yeah, yeah. The coffee. We, we, the last time we went to New York a couple of years ago, mate, it's very very hard to uh, to get good coffee anywhere in America. Mm. But uh, having said that, uh, the last couple of trips that we've been to Bali, the mm-hmm. coffee has been fantastic. Tropical countries actually doing pretty well with. Um, yeah. Yeah, barley, for me, barley coffee is up there. Wow, okay. Yep. Now, what's your go-to coffee? Cappuccino, latte, flat? Uh, depends on the day. Normally, long black. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I if I was going away from a long black, I'd have a long macchiato with a little bit of extra warm milk on the side. Oh, nice. you got good yeah. taste. you got a good taste. Thank, right, okay. Thank you. Um, are you. Would you say you're heavy or light or depending on the day? Three, five coffees? Oh, no, no. Look, normally one to two. Mm-hmm. It used to be probably five a day, but I've cut down a lot. So no, normally one to two. On a bad day, I have three. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On a bad day, I'd have three coffees. It mm-hmm. used to be five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, generally one in the morning, maybe one in the afternoon. That's about it. Right. Now, speaking of uh, earlier, you said you get on the court you know, for a long time. Now, yep. there is one question that happens uh, just about every convo. And yep. uh, if you can give one, one. If you can give five, five. So this is probably the most popular question for all the coaches. Yep. So uh, in your opinion and experience, what yep. would you say one tip for tennis parents in Australia? One tip for tennis parents. I give this tip to all my, all my parents mm-hmm. um, is to stay out of <laughs> the kids' tennis as much as possible. Be there for them, but um, try not to try not to run their tennis. Mm. Okay. It's very, very, very for me, and um, I'm blessed in this way. I guess I have a good relationship with all my parents and all my um, all my elite athletes. Mm-hmm. So um, they they trust me 100, percent which is probably why they come to me as well and stay mm. with me and have longevity with me. Mm. Um, you know, so they, um, I, pr- I pretty much tell them that the best thing that they can do is support their their children financially and and help with what I do, mm. and try not to go away from that. Now, um, I don't know who, but I'm pretty sure there were a couple of coaches. Rem- I remember saying some of their pet hate is that, let's say, for example, you give out an instruction. Yep. And the parent is obviously picking up the balls, you know, because it's private. Yep. But the parent has to echo what you said in yep. his or her interpretation. Yep. <laughs> I find yeah. it I find it frustrating if I if I'm on the side just watching. So have you ever yep. had that kind of experience? <laughs> Look, I think as coaches we all have it, Tom, but um, <laughs> you know, um I let it slide every now and then depending on who it is, but if it gets over the top and then continues with it. Mm-hmm. Then I um, I told them very politely mm-hmm. to be quiet. <laughs> I, I'll tell you a funny story. There was one. Um, there was this was this is back at one of my other clubs uh, a few years ago. There was 
one parent and I was he was picking up the balls and I was coaching his daughter who was quite good and he just kept talking and talking and talking and talking mm-hmm. to her and I couldn't get any word in, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, this went on for the whole hour. So he picked up the balls. He said, thanks, see you next week. He went to pay me. And I said, no, I'm not taking your money. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, I didn't do any talking. You did all the talking. All I did was stay here. <laughs> I, said, I'm, I said, I'm not taking your money. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so there you go. So, so he was very apologetic. Sometimes my people, sometimes parents get really, um, you know, they get uh, a white line fever when mm. they're there, you know, and uh, they don't really know what's coming out of their mouths a lot. Oh. They get very excited, Tom, you know. <laughs> okay. There's another one which I find a really interesting is that, um, look, I'm not trying to put like parents as a, you know, as a, as yep. a, as a, you know, bad cop here. Yep. But yep. were there are there parents reckons that they are more of a coach than you? Like, let's say for example, um, yep. you know, they, let's say they go to you know the, the tournaments or whatever, and then yep. they're sort of coaching them. You know, more like yep. it, it, it just seems to me like they after they listen to you know what their real coaches do, and they're thinking, you yep. know what, I'm going to have a ghost, and they start doing. So in other words, it, it's kind of like. Plus three, minus yep. two effect. That that minus yep. two is 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 the parent are trying to maybe yep. overcomplicate, overinform. You know, have you ever always. had that situation too? Um, always. I wow. like I said to you, I <laughs> I um I'm quite I'm quite uh, blessed that I I um don't have to put up with that, Tom. So <laughs> if you know, as soon as that starts happening with my stuff, I just Tom to find another coach. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so you know, um, I have a good relationship with my parents. Um, the first, the first thing I do before I um, decide to take any athlete, I have a good chat with the parents first and make sure we get on well. Mm-hmm. And um, if we don't, mm-hmm. then I don't take, I don't take the child. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is such a good um good thing to have because uh yeah. my personal story is that yep. um my dad used to play a lot of tennis and he saw yep. I hit the ball and then he reckons yep. he can be the coach and then yep. after oh, this is many years ago so I would have yep. my squad when I was I don't know 13 14 and then yep. and then my dad would take me and my brothers and he will ask us to do it his way yep. for his I don't know let's say ground strokes Yep. And um, I, I just saw my coach, like, he's scratching his head thinking, well, I've yep, told you all on? the things about, I don't know, you know, um, you know, your mm. knees, bending knees or, or follow through, yep. and now you're doing another way. Well, next exactly. week I'm going to, you know, redo it again. So, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't – look, I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have the time or the patience for any of that, Tom. So mm. um, if parents want to be in control, then – um, you know, they can certainly go and do it their own way. I'll just take the next person on my waiting list. Hmm. Now, uh, so, so yeah. were you the coach as well as the father when Andre was playing tennis? All right, so what happened with me, um, hmm. I coached Andre full-time up until year 10. Right. And because also um, of my heavy schedule as well, I um, also sent him to another coach as well a couple of times, uh, twice a week. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, so I still I was still the main person, but I did send him to someone else twice a week as well. And um, you don't have to name the the, the coach, but do you have yeah. to communicate to the coach very often in regarding what kind of informations and what kind of no. programs? No, that... no, no. The the, co- the coach I'm, I, know, I mean I know the coach quite well, and mm-hmm. 
you know, so we we had a good relationship and um yeah, no no dramas. I might say to him every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, like we had an issue with this, you know, on the weekend, can you have a look at it? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So or, you know, I might say to him, Look, I had a problem with this area, can you have a look at that? You know, so but um I I stayed out I stay out of that. Yeah. Okay. Now for those yeah. parents who are also coaches, if you're listening, um so Paul, what at what point do you think that your child or children is ready for, don't take it personally, but yep. is ready for the next coach? Um, that's a very, very, very good question, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> After 167 episodes, I, I'm, I'm yep. working to, to build that, up that, that, uh, that mindset. That, that's, yeah. a, that's a very good question, Tom. Look, I think once, once you're, child starts to lose respect for their coach mm-hmm. once your once your coach starts to um give bad information or not being able to improve anything or you see your child not improving over a certain amount of time or things aren't getting better um then i think it's time to perhaps start looking at another coach so for instance i, I would take it over a 12-month period, <laughs> that if there's no improvement in anything, then I would be looking for someone else. Hmm. Yep. Would you ask, let's say, for example, let's say, for example, we put Andre in, in, in this example. Uh, yep. Would you ask Andre a couple of questions like, what kind of coach or what kind of coaches you're looking for? Are you looking for hard? You're looking for strategy? You're looking for big server you're looking for, you know, to, to complement your game? Or do, yep. you, do you just thinking like, okay, maybe this coach we spoke the other day at the, at the tournament, we really mm-hmm. vibe, I want to continue to have a bit of conversation with him or her, yep. you know? Yep. Is that something that how you, um, I guess, started? Well, no. Um, <laughs> I think you have to have, I think you have to get a coach that's um, had a good track record with other juniors. Mm-hmm. A coach also that you can get along with and talk with openly, mm-hmm. um, one that's sincere as well, um, and um, uh, also one personally, I think one you know one that's also had a decent level of tennis as well. Mm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. But, but that, that's only my view. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. lastly, that um, tennis of Melbourne is about appreciation because um, yep. I personally believe that appreciation goes very long, a long way in in all generation and in humanity, <laughs> if you will. Absolutely. Um, so, um, this is your time to give your uh, self, your brand, your club you're working for, your organization, your even yep. your partners, if you business partners, if you want. Yep. Um, yep. You want to thank over the years, you know, um, coaches, if you want to drop names, if you will. So, yep. so Paul, this is your time. Um, take it away. <clears throat> well, thank you, Tom. Look, my, my company is Tennis Programs Victoria. Um, at the moment, I uh, run out of four venues, Norris Bank Tennis Club, Lowell Tennis Club, <coughs> Lakeview Tennis Club and Merlinson Tennis Club. Um, currently have a staff of 12 coaches. Um, me, myself, I'm at Norris Bank pretty much all the time, and we have four coaches running there Monday to Friday, and um, we run a range of lessons anywhere from, you know, um, hot shots, blue ball, up to um, 
professional players trying to get onto the tour. So naturally, I deal with those guys. So we have a, a set standard of coaches that I assign to each level, and we run coaching seven days a week. Um, and uh, we, um, I think we do quite a good job. We're quite big in hot shots in schools as well. So um, we uh, have a good retention rate, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the coaches are really helpful. They're friendly. And uh, we've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of students, you know, over the last couple of years. So I'm really, really thankful to all the coaches and all the staff, you know, that have been with me at Tennis Programs Victoria. Oh, there you go. Oh, so, guys, if you're from um, North Melbourne or Melbourne North, um, go check out Paul. Um, lovely guy. I've, I guess, I gotta say, um, my my little memory of you and i have a really scary long-term memory people people oh, hate me. no people hate me for reunions like you know high school yeah. primary school and yeah. i remember one time i was um and i think i think i think it's okay to say because everyone's sort yeah. of out of the scene a little bit so sure. I, I remember um andre was playing a match right he's going to yep. play a match and i was yep. uh as a sports trainer i was treating him and yep. uh, you said, oh, and you pretty much said to him, like uh, at the table, he's like, oh, I got, I got to go in fifteen minutes because I've got yep. coaching, whatever. And you yep. gave him a, a a very simple, as we as we all both agree, just a, a simple and precise strategy yep. to him, mm-hmm. and he trusted just that engagement and that that look that he looked at you and the, okay, yep. and he just went, all right, let's say for example, okay, go for his back end. And you know, mix it up, and then, yep. and and then, you know, um, because it's at Burundara, because you, you you play differently in Burundara, and Correct. I don't know, Absolutely. play court or hard court. So you, you you tend to use the advantage there is. You know, you said, you know, I think you said something like, you know, slice it back and blah blah blah. And then you went in, and then, um, and the strategy you spoke about, and you actually opened to say, what do you think, or saying something along the line, and he said, oh, you know, but then that player actually did this, and so you kind of. Use your way, yep. and then use his inf- Andre's information, and you put it yep. together, and you go, "All right, let's mix it up." So, and I mean, I don't know exactly. Uh, I think he Andre played really well in in that tournament. I don't know exactly how he went, you know, three set or yep. two set, because I had so many things to to look after. But then it's just that moment of um, you mentioned knowing your athlete, you know, trust correct. your athlete, and then I was yep. like, "Wow." Yeah, correct. One of the the things that a lot of parents and um, perhaps a lot of coaches, you know, um, do do is they give instructions to, you know, their athlete to beat their opponent. However, you know, their their athlete may not be able to, you know, follow through with those instructions. They may Mm. not have the tools to do them. So it's pointless telling someone to serve and volley and chip and charge. If they can't serve and volley and chip and charge, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so you know, so you have to be able to know, you know, what your athlete can and can't do, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order for them to win matches. Mm-hmm. So it's not all about just you know playing to you know weaknesses and having a game plan, because if you you know if your athlete can't execute the game plan, well, it's pointless and useless, isn't it? Mm. Man, Paul, I gotta say before I say goodbye to everyone and yourself. I'm yep. gonna go for the second one, second convo. I wanna, I wanna go into chapter two on whether it's it's coaching or or just fun yep. stories around it. And even sure. and even this is this is I don't know this is gonna be too hard for you, but I want to talk yep. about '90s tennis. Yeah, 
Sure. Steffi Graf. Yep. You know. Unbelievable. You know. Um, you know. Steffi Graf. Ibbett, you know, Andre Agassi. Agassi. Sampras. You know. Kafelnikov. Yep. Lendl. Lendl. McEnroe. Yeah. You know those those legacies. The, see, the reason why I believe is that yep. I always tell my wife this. This, and I don't know why I said this, but um, if you want to know the future, you got to yeah. study the history. You got to study. Well, and what what you, these guys gotta, did? You, look, there's, there's there's one thing that makes all. There's one or two things that make that makes these guys really, really, really good. And one of them, one of them is you know like their work ethic is fantastic, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, their fitness is unbelievable and their footwork's really, really good. Mm. You know, that's that's mm. one or two things that all these people have in common. Mm. Okay, well, you yeah. know what? I'm we're gonna we, I'm gonna spend some time, you know, down the track with you. We're gonna we're gonna specific maybe talking. Be, I mean, I, I I'm I didn't I grew up in the 80s, but my my yep. love for 90s tennis is any, like a fat kid loves a cake. And I would I would dig out all my Australian Open 90s magazine. We can just jump down <laughs> to Jason Stoltenberg, Mark Woodford. Yep. You know all the names you know. So any t- any time. Yes. Any time. Well, anyway, so thank you very much, Ox. So guys, listen, thank you for listening uh, on on. On Castbox and and and, uh, and Spotify, and I'm so happy to to have Paul tonight. Thank and you, Tom. He, it's a, it's been a pleasure, and yeah. thank you for the chat. And I hope uh, hope everyone stays safe, and yes. hopefully in the next uh, week or so we can get back out on the court. Yes, yes, yes. And then best of luck for Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> All right. Good luck, All right, Paul. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.